Welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. How are you doing this week, Angela? Oh, I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Well, a couple eagle-eared listeners, uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago, we, we talked about Mickey Mouse and we were saying, oh, I wonder where Mickey lives. And so a couple listeners got back to us. So it turns out Mickey actually lives in the real world. So that's why... Of course he does. Yeah. Well, but I mean, you know, we were talking about like, oh, I wonder where he lives. So he actually, he basically lives in, um, at one point, you know, they just said he lived in Burbank, California, but I think, uh, Mickey likes the sun. Yeah. But since the early nineties, he's actually lived in Mouse Town, Mouseton, and which is next to Duckburg where Donald Duck lives. So wait, 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 didn't we say he lives in the real world? Yeah, but it, but it's essentially, it's a, it's a, fictional town in the real world so he lives in a uh, fictional u.s state of calisota which is analogous to northern california so but at one point he, he started out living in burbank and now he kind of has his own town but it's not like he lives in is he the mayor I, probably but it's not like he lives in arendelle or anything and the mickey's toontown we talked about this mickey's toontown in disneyland that is his house so that is kind of like a representation of where he actually lives. So I think we, I mean, we weren't far off. That's what we were kind of like, Oh, where does he actually live at? Cause it was like, Oh, it's not like, you know, frozen. There's Arendelle or yeah. you know, things like that. So, but yeah. So thanks for the, the couple listeners that, that sent that Good in. Good job. So, uh, a couple pieces of Disney news. So one thing is with the opening of galaxy's edge, Disney announced some like major price increases to their annual pass. Ooh. So for the Disneyland, the premier passport is going to be increased $150 a year. And in Disney World, the Platinum Plus is increasing by $225. And the Platinum Pass is also going up by $225. So these are huge increases. They're going up. Wow. You know, one hundred fifty, two hundred and twenty-five dollars. Um, so the the Disneyland pass is now twenty-one hundred dollars, and then the Disney World is like eleven or twelve hundred dollars, depending on what you get. So it's pretty pretty big jump. I mean, I guess they're expecting a lot of people coming for Star Wars. A lot of people are going to get annual passes, but I know that. I mean, a lot of people were upset about it because it is. It's like Disney's already expensive enough. I think you mentioned it last week, you know, how expensive it is. And now it's just even more expensive if you want to be an annual pass holder. Yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense because they just pumped in all that money and now all of it's going to actually be opening in Galaxy's Edge and it is open already. Well, that's but, the thing. Yeah. It's like they're I trying mean, to get all that money that's back. That's their justification, I'm sure. But still, yeah, I mean... It is, it is a lot. And I know that those annual, annual passes, I mean, they're, yeah, they're not cheap. So adding more to them is. Well, yeah, they were already 900 a to a thousand dollars and now they're 11 to $1,200. Now so, we have to that's re- one person. We have to re-record that bit that we did about what makes it worthwhile to be an annual pass holder. Cause we talked about it. I forget. It was like you stay for like, I think it was two weeks or something. I think we figured out it's worthwhile to be an annual well, yeah, pass it kinda, holder. It kind of depends. So, Yeah. So the other thing you'll be excited about this is that the animation experience, the the drawing teaching you how to to draw the different figures is actually coming back to Disney World. What? Yeah, so it was at Hollywood Studios at the Animation Academy. That went away and became the uh, Star Wars Launch Bay, but now they're going to bring it back. It's coming back to Animal Kingdom. So it's actually going to be out nice. at Raf- it's going to be at Rafiki's Planet Watch. 
<laughs> so Rafiki's Planet Watch is opening back up, and they're going to have this here. It's going to be starting uh, July 11th. And there's actually going to be fast passes for it. So I'm not sure if I'm it's... In. I'm not sure if it's going to be more limited because when it was at Hollywood Studios and I think same at Disneyland, you know, it was every half an hour they had a class. And so it was just kind of a constant stream of people coming in. But now I'm not sure why they're going to have fast passes for it because there was never really much of a wait. So I'm not sure if maybe they're not going to do as many classes a day. So they think there's going to be yeah, larger like crowds. Possible. But, but yes, yeah, so that, that's pretty exciting that they're... I mean, maybe they're back. anticipating with the release of The Lion King, more people are going to be going to Rafiki's Planet Watch, so it'll be more crowded, plus... Well, that's the thing. They're going to be teaching, and it's going to be different characters. They're going to have more Lion King characters there and, oh, and things to, to fill in, so it's going to fit more with the Animal Kingdom. Because I think before, I mean, we did it a few times, like we did... <laughs> we did it like five times. Yeah, we did like Buzz Lightyear, I think Jiminy Cricket. We did Jiminy Cricket, yeah. Um, Buzz Lightyear. There, so there's a few. So they kind of did... Basically, any like the animated characters, oh, we did, but um, it wasn't. We this, did Flynn Rider. Yeah, yeah. So, but this is going to be more focused on. I think, like, there's going to be a lot of Lion King characters. It sounds like, and, and other stuff. So that that's pretty good. Awesome. All right. So the main topic this week, uh, not really, not necessarily a topic per se, but kind of. It's in line with like some of our other. Yeah, episodes well, it's that a we've ranking. Done. It was the earlier ones, like the the earlier ranked episodes. Yeah. So we did uh, one of our early episodes. We did the kind of our top animated heroes. So now we're kind of coming back and looking at our, the top animated villains. Now, <laughs> I will admit going through this, I mean, my top three are probably going to be pretty standard because as I was going through and looking back at the villains, and I had to look at a couple lists to see Disney villains in different movies. So many of the villains are very forgettable, at least to me. I don't really... <laughs> I don't. Really, a lot of them want the same thing. Yeah, I don't really remember too many of them, uh, and I think that's a problem. Not necessarily a problem, but that happens in a lot of movies. People say that in Marvel movies all the time that there's very few villains that are very memorable. They're they're the same yeah. powers as the heroes. They're just kind of you could you could interchange them, and I think it makes sense because you don't want to have the villain be popular. You want the hero. I mean, it's. It's a movie about the hero. And now, I mean, also, you have, it's designed for kids. So yeah. you're not going to have, you know, a villain that's usually they don't design these villains that are very ambiguous and they have good, like really good sides to them. They don't design that for a reason because it would be kind of confusing for the kids. Right. And kind of going back to Marvel, I mean, the, really the only villain you have kind of like that is Loki, who's somewhat more, I guess you could call him like an anti-hero. He's not a true villain. Yeah. You know, he, he's a bad guy, but then... You know, he has moments where he does good. So he's probably been the best villain. Thanos was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I think in Thanos Infinity, was, was In good. Infinity War, kind of in that one movie. Loki was over a, a longer stretch of movies. I mean, he was in two. I mean, that's two but, movies. But though, really, yeah. his his focus was in Infinity War. So, so yeah, so I had a hard time because just kind of going back through, I'm like, I don't even remember many of these villains. So I think my top villains are well, going to be pretty... Um, pretty standard, probably. Yeah. Because those... Did we say I, already? I went with the ones that that really kind of just I remembered and, and stuck with me. I don't know if we said already that these are just the animated ones. Too, yes. Because um, obviously I think you would pick probably like Loki and, and Thanos is like one and two for you if the, that was available. All right. So, yeah. So we, we kind of just stuck to the, the top three. Um, and like I said, you know, I kind of had a hard time. I mean, looking through 
you know, I look through some lists of, you know, top villains throughout the ages. And really a lot of the villains are from some of the, you know, the classic movies early on, the originals from, you know, Snow White, Cinderella, things like that, mm-hmm. which I really don't remember <laughs> at all. So, but I, I guess I'll start, I think my number three villain uh, is I'm going to go with Corella DeVille. And so... Ooh, that's a good one. And, and again... Cruella. Cruella. And again, the my three I kind of picked were... The criteria I went with were, you know, kind of one, that they're memorable. Um, two, kind of like you said, so many of them want the same thing. So looking for somebody that had... Like she was a, different. She's a, different. Yeah, a more unique motivation. Um, and somebody that really did seem like just like a true villain. Whereas, yeah, she... I mean, I remember... And, you know, it, it kind of blends in between the animated version and the live action. Close. The, yeah, the live action movies. But, I mean, really, she was just a terrible person. I mean, <laughs> she wanted to, like, kill these dogs to make her coats and everything and like she that. she befriends, like, she befriends, like, the, I can't remember the name of the people who own the Dalmatians. Somebody's screaming it at me right now. But she befriends them in order to get to the puppies. Yeah, Like, exactly. that's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, she she had, like, no redeeming qualities about her i mean she was just ruthless in her pursuit and she was scary i mean in in her animated version you know i mean they drew her and they portrayed her in a very kind of frightening way so as a young Mm -hmm. kid i mean i kind of do remember being afraid of her like you know like you don't want to mess with her like sometimes well she's very like uh kind of gaunt like she's very has yes. very pointy fe- features and she, she has had that, that like, long cigarette and everything yeah she just seems she everything about her is very sharp and unappealing and kind of you know repulsive exactly kind of. exactly yeah it's it's not yeah there, there's no like you said redeeming qualities there's nothing that makes you kind of like her i mean i know a lot of people like her as a character and as you get older but yeah i mean if you think about it as a kid when you first saw that movie you know you did root against her like you knew she was a bad person just by kind of looking at her like that was all portrayed in her look and, she didn't even have to do anything really for you to kind of pick and, that up and it was all a vanity thing for her too she wanted she wanted to cause the death of all these puppies that you're kind of growing to love just so she can make a coat like yeah, 101 I mean, of them yeah like it's, it's a crazy thing for her it's i mean she's it's just the epitome of evil there because she, first of all i mean for somebody so vain she is not attractive <laughs> and then and then um but like what that doesn't even matter though because it's it's she's saying that i'm more important than all of these lives and so I think as a kid, you're like, oh my gosh, they're puppies. Like you don't kill puppies. So yeah, yeah. I, that's a good choice. My number three is, um, I, so first of all, I guess I'm, I want to talk about my process. Cause when we do these, I always do like a strange process. This time I made a chart and it, this is called a Angela self check chart. Um, it was, so I didn't just pick scar for number one, two and three. <laughs> <laughs> so I made a ranking chart and basically what I did is I researched some of the characters and I said strength of motivation in terms of evilness, strength of powers, strength of henchmen, evil deeds, their intelligence, crippling effects over the protagonist, and the overall cool factor. And what did you do? Rank and them I like ranked one them to one to five oh, one in to each five. of those okay. categories, and then I would come up with the total. So, like so av- okay, so you didn't like average them across. You you just added up one to five. So five being the worst. 
five yeah five is like well i mean the best score that they can get okay. but yeah so the, um, so they're the worst so five's like they're the worst and then villain. one's like yeah they're kind of weak in this okay. this particular spot okay. so and i will say that this this particular system i came up with was not expertly designed because it definitely i noticed as i was doing non-scientific it, this is a it, non-scientific poll it gave it definitely gave some advantage to people who have powers um, like magical powers yeah magical okay. powers so like some of my characters that I was like really rooting for didn't score as high as I wanted them to. But it's pretty good that you didn't like fudge the numbers to get. Yeah, them I didn't. I didn't okay. fudge. Like, I think I I did have a couple of them that I knocked out of the top because I was like, okay, this is just not going to happen. But for the most part, um, they're like these are my true results. So my number th- my number three was Syndrome from. That's uh, a good one. Yeah, from, from the Incredibles. The Incredibles. So. Syndrome, I whenever I looked at this, I thought that he he should have pretty high scores because now, he really didn't all, have any powers though. He didn't, and but his, I mean magical powers. He had like but he had powers. intelligence. Yeah, and this is why he scored as high as he did. First of all, his strength and motivation is really high. Like Mr. Incredible wasn't. I mean, he was just an annoying kid, and I understand Mr. Incredible like kind of being mean to him. But in the beginning, whenever Buddy Pine, um, which is Syndrome's like given name, was trying to be Incrediboy, Incre- Mr. Incredible was annoyed by him, and he kept saying, "You know, I work alone," and he kept trying to push Incrediboy away, and understandably so. I mean, he's a kid; he doesn't. Uh, Mr. Incredible doesn't want him to get hurt. But from his from from Syndrome's perspective, he his hero is pushing him away i mean Mm -hmm. that's a really strong good motivation you talk about bad guys not having good motivations and kind of he does have that sort of like that origin story where it's like you can kind of understand where he's coming from now of course like does he have to go out and become a super like villain and try to kill all the heroes yes he does i mean that's the only logical path no Definitely not, because I feel like there's real life applications to that <laughs> that kind of make us sound, make you sound bad. So no, but like just because you have a poor childhood, it doesn't mean you have to grow up and become a terrible no, person. Right, right. Yeah. But still, I think that that's a pretty cool motivation. Then another, a couple other areas he scored pretty high in is he had strength of henchmen. I gave him a pretty high score there because he, he had that like unbeatable robot thing. yeah that yeah he he was able to build all this stuff and so again for intelligence his score was really high because right. he he was so smart also he did some pretty bad stuff like i think he was i looked at a list of disney characters who killed people and i think he i'm pretty sure he um yeah he killed lots of people so and he also tries to kill the supers who save people so if you figure if he would have succeeded his hit their their deaths would have consequently caused a lot more deaths right so i think that overall like in terms of evilness syndrome is a really good pick for yeah yeah no that that's definitely a a solid pick that that's pretty good i maybe should have went with him for my number three pick (laughs) i like that one i like that one i might have to change mine all right so my next one is jafar so i think jafar is another good one and this is kind of blending into with the recent live action Aladdin <laughs> version because um, there was one line in in the movie that I really liked and, and kind of stuck with me again he I think he's a good villain because one he has a sidekick he's got Iago talking parrot can't go wrong with that mm-hmm. but but he's not kind of one-dimensional and I think they do a better job of this in the live action version they definitely so, so that's do. why I said that but he wants the throne and he wants the power but He's not just like an overtly 
evil guy. Like he's kind of lurking in the shadows. He gains the Sultan's trust and he's kind of pulling the strings from behind and nobody really suspects him of doing any of this. You know, the whole time he's secretly kind of doing this and he wants to overthrow the Sultan. You know, he wants to force Jasmine to marry him so that he can kill her so that he can become Sultan and everything. And what I liked about in the live action version is he makes a comment to Aladdin. They kind of make him that, you know, he was a common street thief as well, like Aladdin. And he says, you know, you steal a loaf of bread, you're a thief, you steal a nation, you're a statesman. And and it's kind of an interesting take because it's true. Like if you think about it, you know, he's just playing kind of a political game now. It involves like murder games of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It is. It is game kind of like game of Thrones because it does involve, you know, like murder and things like that. So it's not just straight politics, but he kind of is pulling those political strings to kind of take over. And, and he's right. Like if he was just a common thief, people would look down on him. But because he's, you know, playing for nations, he, he thinks he's kind of above all of that. And he's a little bit better. Now, I have to take two issues with you. First of all, does he actually want to kill Jasmine or just marry her because she can't be Sultan? I don't I don't I mean, maybe you're right, but I don't necessarily think that he actually no, had he, yeah, no, he wants to kill her so that he can then solely take the throne so he wants to he, he wants to force the hand he wants to force her to marry him so that he can kill her to take the oh, throne i wasn't aware of that and then the second thing is i think you're cheating a little bit if you're bringing the live action version here sir well i just wanted to bring in the live action version because that one line it is really I, th- good. I think it really just that it, is a good it really line. adds to his backstory because i mean even without that I mean, it, it's still the same story in the animated version. I just, I really like that line from the live action version of the movie. But yeah, but even without that, he is, he's still, he's, he's a behind the strings type of guy. Like Syndrome, I mean, with your number three pick, like he's not the bad guy right out to the beginning. Like he, he kind of reveals himself throughout the movie and same with Jafar, like the, we kind of know he's the bad guy, but the other characters aren't aware of it yet. Whereas some of these movies you know, you clearly know From this. Yeah, like Ursula, she's the you know, she's the she's the bad guy. She's the villain in the, in the movie. So interesting. Yeah, uh, Jafar actually he ranked really high on my list, and I he was one of the people I knocked down just because I think that Aladdin took him out way too easily at the very end. Like he tri- he tricks him so easily that I was like, dude, well, Jafar, I, that's weak. I don't know. That he, tr- he tricks him so easily. I mean, he just plays off his thirst for power. I mean, he gets so caught up in wanting to be the greatest and be respected. And he was so upset that, you know, even whenever he wished to become Sultan, people still didn't respect him as being the most powerful. Well, he wasn't the most powerful. He, he wished, right. he wished right. to be an all powerful. No, I'm sorry. He wished to be the most powerful warlock or something. Well, and then he wanted to right. be. Right. But, but he was, yeah, it was his like vanity of, he always wanted to be the best. And Aladdin kind of played that off of him. Cause he, you know, he knew that that's what he was after was the power and he could trick him into getting absolute power. But then, you know, he's trapped now as a genie in a lamp. So basically your argument's not that Jafar is stupid. It's that Aladdin's smart. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. I'll take that. I'll take that. Maybe I shouldn't have knocked him down so much. Um, all right. My number two, uh, a little unexpected. Definitely this one was both of my top ones were really unexpected. Uh, my number two is Mother Gothel. So do you remember who that even is? No, I have no idea who that is. Okay. So Mother Gothel. What movie is that she from? She's from Tangled. Okay. So, that's why. I don't know that I've ever seen 
all of Tangled. Yeah. Well, she's I've the seen pieces of it. She's like the lady. And I believe she's also, I think, a witch, too. Um, she is the one who kid basically kidnaps Rapunzel as a baby and takes her from her family, raises Rapunzel as her own and strands her in the tower. So Rapunzel should be thanking her for that. She gets magic hair out of it. No, she had magic hair from the get go. Oh, OK. She, well, that's why she was stolen in the first place. She finds Flynn. She wouldn't have found Flynn otherwise. <laughs> I mean, you I can think... argue that, but that's, it's, it's like Rapunzel is, I mean, if you assume she's a teenager, so maybe she's 17 years old. She had to live 17 years in that castle. She was never allowed outside. So the reason why I ranked Mother Gothel so high is first of all, she has really strong motivation. She wants to be young forever. Like whenever she doesn't have Rapunzel's magic, she gets very old. So you know that's keeping her alive. Um, so she's kind of a lot like the Red Priestess from from Game, of, Game Thrones of Thrones. Again. Again, this yeah. is, by the way, a, a secondary Game of Thrones podcast. Welcome to the Game of Thrones pod- podcast. So I thought that was really good. Also, I think that she's pretty. I mean, she's pretty smart. Um, she brainwashes Rapunzel completely, and that's another reason. Like. Her 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 power over the protagonist is is unreal. Even when Rapunzel gets liberated from the castle, when she gets out, there's that whole scene of Rapunzel running around in the um in the grass, and she is really excited. And then she's going through this crisis of oh my gosh, like she's gonna be so mad at me. I shouldn't be out here. So there's a lot of like mental scars she's caused for Rapunzel. So I thought that, that was a good reason. And also, she literally, again, she kills somebody. When Flynn comes and rescues Rapunzel, she kills and then chains Flynn. For, and she tries to take care of Rapunzel. Rapunzel brings Flynn back from the magic of her tears. And it, it, we learn that it's not necessarily her hair that has the magic. It's basically what contained within Rapunzel. So, yeah, Mother Gothel's pretty bad to the bone. Again, so she helped unlock her uh, ultimate powers. Well, I don't think she's that bad. Um. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sounds pretty bad. All right. So my number one, I'm gonna go with Scar. So I know. That, oh, nice. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm stealing your thunder here <laughs> with your number one, but and, and this is kind of like what I, you know, I kind of alluded to it that I think I'm gonna have pretty standard ones here. Again, going off of who's the most memorable villains, I mean, I think of Scar, and I think a lot of people think of Scar, at least most recently, as memorable villains. Yeah, if you go by memorable, Scar is so far up there. I mean, you know my feelings about Scar. Right. And Scar is, I mean, he's just evil to the bone. Like, he's hes kind of a mix of my second and third pick. So kind of like Jafar, he wants the throne. He's kind of lurking in the shadows. But then he's... Literally. Right. And then kind of like Cruella, you know, he's just kind of evil to the to the core like he's not afraid to kill his brother and his nephew and you know and and starve everybody he just he just wants to be king like it it doesn't really matter what it takes to get there he just wants to be in charge of everyone you know and again he's just so memorable i think you know a lot of people think of like darth vader as like the ultimate like movie villain like people remember him yeah i think kind of as an animated counterpart you could almost put scar up there as like the most memorable animated villain just because i think if if you asked a lot of people especially of this generation everybody knows scar everybody knows be prepared and you know his quotes you go to disney world what an amazing song (laughs) you go to disney world there are so many people wearing scar shirts or shirts that say i'm surrounded by idiots (laughs) 
I mean, that I probably saw like 20 shirts last time we were there that said, I'm surrounded by idiots or that just had Scar's face on it. And now I know they're coming out with a new Lion King movie. So they're, you know, they're pushing some of that merchandise again. But, you know, a lot of that stuff was the animated version of him. It's not the live action, you know, picture of him on the shirt. It's because the live action version of him looks like trash. Yeah, we know you. We know how you feel about that. <laughs> we're not getting we're not getting into that on this episode. So, but yeah, so I, I think people love him, and I think yeah. And as far as animated movies go, it's really hard to come up with another villain that sticks in everybody's mind like Scar does. Yeah. So so that's why it, I think it's kind of a. I know it's like an easy pick for number one, but I do think uh, it's a good pick. And for me, if I'm going to have to say like what movie do I want to watch for like a villain? I'm going to have to go with Scar. Right. And and Jeremy Irons is a great job. I think that helps too. Like he yeah, had a great voice. voice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it matches Scar. I mean, it's, it's regal, but kind of like has that evil, like creepiness to it. Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I did not pick Scar for my number one, believe it or not. Okay. It's a little shocking. Um, I, I felt like I had to take, I, Scar did not score very high on my list, but I felt like I had to kind of take him out of the equation. Well, and yeah, I was, you know how sometimes you're harder on somebody you love because you love them. According to your rankings, I mean, he had terrible henchmen. Those hyenas yes, were worthless. They're terrible. Yep. They, uh, he, he had no magical low, powers. Right. So yeah, so I can see why he did not score high on your list. But I know in your heart, he's your number one. Oh yeah, so. in my heart, he's he's a hundred percent my number one. And I mean, how terrible are you if you try to kill your nephew and you literally have the opportunity to, to save your brother and you take his his paws and like throw him off a cliff? Well, that like, was the whole plan. He never wanted to save him. Now, what's interesting yes, is... Yes, I know, but I'm just saying like he physically had to do it. It wasn't just that the wildebeest killed it for him. He had to actually get his paws dirty. Oh yeah, I don't think he cared. So... <laughs> I don't. I don't think that's well, the first time. I, that I mean, that's just the strength of his ruthlessness. Yeah. Now, I, I, one thing I do want to say before you go on with your first pick is I recently saw an article online that said one of the earlier versions, as they were kind of storyboarding the Lion King, ended with Scar actually winning, so him killing Simba at the end, but then. Um, you know, as he killing Simba, yeah. So he wins. So whenever Simba kind of defeats him he I totally can't understand why they didn't use this one he actually <laughs> he actually wins but then he doesn't realize the encroaching flames because you know how like there's like the fire at the end and then he actually burns to death the fire will rise so he actually burns to death at the end after killing simba so because it, it's based on shakespeare's hamlet oh my and it was a tragedy they were going with that tragic theme in that everybody just dies at the end holy moly so that that was like one of the original ideas that they were kind of throwing but how are they around, gonna get so. a happy ending out of that i mean nala takes over then well, and that, she well that's, that's what i'm the saying they weren't the they weren't doing that they were oh going for that shakespearean tragedy just like hamlet so i think you know they realized hey that's too dark we need to have some of these characters make it. it's a good thing they did because it turned out to be a, a huge movie there's sequels and everything like that right and the sequels that barely saw the light of day and yeah. simba's pride is let me tell you fantastic well so, maybe they'll maybe they'll remake the sequel as, as live action though zira is actually almost as memorable a villain as scar is but i yeah, mean she's great maybe they'll do the live action sequels that would be cool and they'll see the light of day that way so I but like yeah it. i thought that was like a really interesting like if you imagine next time you watch the lion king just everybody dying at the end no i would not want to so, imagine Simba it's kind of like infinity war and everybody dies like it's just <laughs> <laughs> so nice all right so my number one surprisingly and of course i 
I wanted to go with somebody. I definitely wanted to go with somebody a little bit more traditional, somebody that people thought of whenever they think of the Disney villains, because they have that whole group of villains. Um, like even the descendants, like those kids are descendants of the different, like really popular ones. And the one that really stuck out and the one that also I think scored, I think the highest in my ranking system besides, um, well, I had two that tied and then I knocked one of them out, which was Hades. Cause I thought Hades was too funny to be a villain. Like he was a really good villain, but the movie was kind of subpar. If you go back, it didn't age well. So I kept, uh, Ursula. Ursula is my number one. The Ursula's a good pick. Yeah. So I think I should make Ursula my number three. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. How many people did you make your number three? I think everybody. I think everybody <laughs> else. Is, everybody you said is really good. You make <laughs> me you second guess all my picks. Thank you very much. Um, so I picked Ursula because again, she's ruthless. I mean, she's, she's really, really bad. Um, again, going, going through it, she, her strength and motivation, she's, she wants to take over. She wants to rule and take like Trident's throne. She has really strong power. She's a sea witch and she has the ability to do a whole bunch of different things, including shape shifting and, uh, all kinds of stuff. She does some pretty evil things and she's pretty smart. Like when Ariel comes to her and wants, wants legs, um, she does a good job of bargaining with Ariel and convincing her to give her, her, to give Ursula her voice. Um, because it makes it a lot harder on Ariel. And then whenever Ariel almost succeeds with Prince Eric and almost gets that kiss, which would allow her to kind of, you know, make, like she she would fulfill her end of the deal. Ursula turns into Vanessa and she sings with Ariel's voice. And then that's when Eric, like she kind of tricks Eric into falling in love with her. And it almost basically like ruins Ariel's whole plan. So she's willing to do whatever. Um, and she's manipulative to do it. And also uh, she like captures souls. Yeah, she's powerful. I mean, to your point, I mean, being a sea witch, I mean, she is. Yeah. One of the most powerful people who villains. can't fulfill their end of the deal, they she be, like she owns them, and she even like turns them into like polyps. It's like, sea a polyps. it's like a crossroads demon. Yeah, she really is. Like she's legitimately it's like supernatural. It is <laughs> like she's supernatural meets Aquaman, <laughs> meets RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> but um, actually, she was uh, she was patterned after. I can't remember the name of the drag queen, but she was. She oh was yeah, I think, I think we talked about this. Yeah, in a, in a previous episode, I can't remember the. Name I can't remember the drag. Remember the drag queen, but she she was actually created in in the likeness of him. So she is. I mean, she's just so evil, and she almost like she almost wins on a couple occasions. Let me see if I have any other notes about her. I can't even find her name. Oh, yeah, she she's just so powerful. And so willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah, um, I think that I think those are solid picks. I think your little ranking system worked out pretty well. You got some more that were a little unconventional. Right. Again, I, I went with I went with three pretty conventional picks. So. I mean, that's typical, right? Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's it's I went with more. You know, I didn't do a ranking. I went with more personal. Of again, who do I remember? Like, who do I think is a villain? Who's not somebody that's just got like a throwaway motive? You know yeah. that oh that could be any villain from any movie right. of all time. So, I mean, I think that, and I think that there are a couple honorable mentions. I mean, obviously for me, scar scar is pr- always in my heart. Number one, uh, you'll be in my heart. Tar- yeah. I mean, I think there's some sure. other ones, you know, like looking yeah. through the list, like Maleficent and like Captain Hook and things like they're, they're, they're pretty good villains. But again, like, I mean, uh, Captain Hook, Captain Hook's not really like an evil person. I mean, he's more of like a, comedic villain type thing i mean he never really succeeds 
<laughs> you know, very much. That's why I don't want to put him up too yeah. high. Shan Yu, Shan or Sh- I can't remember how to pronounce it. Shan Yu is from Mulan. Mulan. He also scored pretty high for me and I knocked him down because he's not, a, he like feels like he's not in the movie much, but he is, he kills a bazillion and a half people because it's a war. I mean, the movie right. is a war movie. So, and he, he has almost no heart, but he's almost so dark and so black that, I was like, I kind of discounted him for that reason as well. But yeah, he he's he was a really good villain, and he was one I forgot about. I didn't think about him until whenever I was looking up who I should look into. I'm like, oh yeah, he was pretty bad. Right. So yeah. Yeah, but so I think those are our kind of top ones. You know, definitely, um, we would love to hear what everybody else you know thinks. Do they agree with us? Again, you can yell at me for kind of copping out and picking Scar. <laughs> Number one, as opposed to trying to go go back more into the. I don't think uh, it's a cop out though. Go back in the Disney vault. He kills his brother and tries to kill his nephew. I mean, come on. Instead of going back, you know, deeper into the Disney vault or anything, you know, some people are probably like, "Oh, Maleficent's the best," or the Evil Queen, or something like that. So, but we'd love to hear kind of what your picks are, who your favorite villain is, you know, why you like them. Uh, you can let us know on our Facebook page at Enchanted Ears Podcast. If you want to send us a note. Uh, through our website, enchantedearspodcast.com slash podcast question. You can send us a note there. If you have a question you want us to answer on the show, you can do that there as well. You know, definitely thank everybody for listening, continuing to listen. You know, make sure you leave us a rating or or a review wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us so that you get the new episodes every Monday first thing in the morning so that you can listen to them start your week Sell off us your right. soul or we'll get we'll turn you into a sea polyp. That will not happen. So. <laughs> But, you know, Mondays, nobody likes Mondays, but when the Enchanted podcast comes out, it makes the week a little bit better. You know what? It, it does make my week that, a little better. That's why it comes out it on Monday. It has nothing to do with the fact that it comes out on the same day as, like, Dear Hank and John. <laughs> that's why it comes out on Monday, so. <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll see you here next week. I'm not sure what we were talking about next week. I was, <laughs> was going to say we're going to be talking about this, but I don't remember. We have a couple different topics oh, yeah. kind of lined up for the next few weeks, so. I'm not sure specifically what we're talking about. So that's a great tease because <laughs> not only am I not telling you what we're talking about, because I could tell you and they could be like, oh, I want to hear that. I have to listen next week. But now I just said there's a few various topics, but I don't know what it's going to be. So now you really have to listen to find out what it's going to be because it could be anything. Spoiler, it's going to be Disney related, but it could be <laughs> anything. So, But until then, have, have a, a magical, magical day. day.